Welcome to Drinkers Inc., the least listened to podcast for the food and beverage industry. On this episode, we had a chance to sit down with our friend Gigi Newman, who's currently the sales operations manager for Onnit Labs. With over 17 years of experience, she's helped brands like Sweet Leaf Tea, Nulo Pets, Texas Craft Beer Distribution, Highbrew Coffee, and many, many more grow from small regional players into the national spotlight. Having been on the ground floor of most of these brands, her experience encompasses HR, logistics, marketing, and production. Basically a well-seasoned professional cat herder. Please enjoy. We obviously work in the beverage business. We work for great employers who uh, allow us to have our own opinions. And we are exercising our own opinions here on this show. And any opinion we have is ours and none of theirs. What up, yo? I've got like a command center. So about my work computer over here. And then that's the kids. And then me. You got the whole station working. I like it. I I, I'm in my. I'm living in my basement, as you can see. <laughs> basements in Texas, Declan. What? Hey, RDP. And then oh, we don't I... have basements in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got this nasty one up here. It'd be cool though. Yeah, I just well, it looks, much, it looks much nicer in here than it does out there. So. Oh, you mean it's because of the weather? No, no. I'm just saying because. This, the desk area looks kind of nice, but behind me looks like shit. Oh. If you go in there, it's like a stage setup almost. Like, you know, <laughs> like you see in the movies where it looks like a beautiful building and then behind it, there's absolutely yeah. nothing. It's yeah, just, that's it. Just a facade, just like Declan. Just like sandbags <laughs> hanging down. <laughs> yes, it's just indicative of me, actually, you know. Push brooms and sandbags. <laughs> <laughs> that's what salespeople do. <laughs> So how have you been? Good. Just trying to survive. Every day's like, I'm alive. Yeah. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. How's how it going? Good. Same shit. You know, we uh, we kicked this thing off just for shits and giggles during COVID because we were so fucking bored. And yeah. you know, it's kind of turned into, I don't know, P Pinocchio is becoming a real boy. You know, we're, we've got a bunch yeah. of followers now. God bless them. And, uh, you know, we were having fun with it and just, you know, kicking into gear, interviewing, you know, owners of brands, quite a few now in the last number of weeks, I would say, Ryan, um, just like yeah. CEOs and of new brands and people in the business and yourself, of course, your good self. We wanted to have a chat with you too, because I don't know that there's probably yeah. anybody that's been involved in the back office of more startup beverage companies than than Gigi. Yeah. I just like to get pistol whip. <laughs> <laughs> I live Basically. on the edge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Apparently you're not you're like really yeah. Yeah. Your your risk aversion is 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 very high or very low should I say. <laughs> yeah. I'm like whatever. <laughs> like I've seen and been part of way worse than what these people are complaining about. I'm like, y'all are like crying about first world problems. Stop it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining no, us. I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting me. It's, yeah, sure. I was just enjoying the listen last night and then I listened to the moonshine. Yeah, I think he's really onto something. And it's, you know, Ryan, did you get to try that, uh, the St. Luna? Uh, I was waiting for you to get yours so that we can try him at the same time. But it, I mean, I, I'll try it tonight. There's, Nothing stopped yeah. me. I'm just drinking vodka yeah. and tonic, so. <laughs> just change well, over uh, noontime. Shocker. I'm having one myself. I'm having a beer. So. I think we'll, I'm having a vodka as well. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's what this podcast is all about, drinking with friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, wa- we wanted to chat to you because, like I said, I think you've had probably more industry experience in startups than people, um, you know, especially on the, well, I guess, let's ask you, like, what what's your What's your kind of career span been? Like a lot of it was sales ops, I think, a lot of the time and sales support. But then you were also, you know, part-time lawyer, part-time accountant, part-time everything, uh, HR person, yeah. if I recall, for some uh, as well. So, you know, how many how many startup companies and, and what companies have you been involved in and, and in what capacity? Ooh, well, personally, we had my husband and I had our own company. So that's years ago, we started our own company. That didn't work out very well because we wanted to murder each other. So <laughs> separated away from that. And uh, then the first startup that I would consider is the broker that I went with, was, which, um, and I say they were a startup because it was like a boutique brokerage at the point. At that point, they hadn't gone national yet. So we still were kind of hand-holding a bunch of little startup and managing their business. And then that led into my first actual manufacturing company, which was Sweetly Tea. Okay. Yeah. And that was, yeah, with Dave and Clayton. And I think I was like employee 13 there. So it was still small and it kind of grew into, I was kind of like the caretaker of everybody because everyone was just out of college. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of, I mean, I've always been like that kind of person anyway, but it really like kicked into gear there because they were all like, we don't know how to put gas in the ditch truck. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to put gas in the truck? <laughs> like, check the air and the tires. <laughs> like, don't walk down the steps with six cases, you're going to fall down, you know? <laughs> so you're like, happens. yeah, mom <laughs> slash sales ops. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> And then, you know, we successfully rode that train wreck for a little bit until it did <laughs> succeed. And then and we that, went that off one, and see. That one succeeded. All... That one succeeded pretty well. Yeah. So that yeah, was, that was that... sold uh, to, who did David and Clayton sell to? To Nestle, right. To Nestle Waters, mm-hmm. specifically. So we got to go off to, most of the team got integrated into Nestle Waters, which was interesting I had not been in that big of an organization previous and with you know going from a startup to like I had two American Expresses and they were like do what you want right <laughs> you know? I was like wait what <laughs> where's the budget <laughs> and so that was kind of weird but it was fun but it just kind of got to the point where I was getting bored so what, honestly it could probably still be be there there was just no creativity it was just we're having a meeting about the meeting that we're going to have and then let's have a conference call about that meeting and then you know it was like ah I can't yeah so I found uh Clayton helped me find another position which was with Nulo Pet Food are you all familiar with that there's there's startup here and there was only five of us there yeah they were trying to get into the natural business and they were doing pretty successful but it was a right I think the reason that that worked out was because it was about the time that all the pet foods had all those um recalls and so they just it was perfect timing for them but um filling filling empty shelves yeah and it was a quality I was saying consumers so I mean I remember with us we changed our dog food over to a natural food and all this stuff and at the time you know the the uh, we our dogs have since passed but at the time we had them they were like our kids i mean we wanted to give them the best food we can get yeah. them and i don't think we really thought of it like that i mean we've always thought of them as our kids as the dogs 
but I don't think we ever thought of, Hey, we should probably feed them better quality food that has natural ingredients, all yeah. of that kind of stuff until all of that happened. And that yeah, industry alone is massive. Sane. Yeah. I don't think people realize the lack of quality until all those things started happening. But I know I didn't. I just I knew I liked didn't. the company because <laughs> they were local and, you know, they had a position available. So I went and worked with them and which was a lot of fun, but I'm, Pet food people, man, they're <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, do I had to tell. do the customer do service. <laughs> I had Give to do the customer service one time, and oh my gosh, I had this lady. She said she had like ten cats. She talked to me for an hour, and I couldn't <laughs> just like get off the phone with her. But I, and then she was asking me like all of these very technical questions, and I was like, like I'm gonna have to ask the food scientist, and you know. But I don't know that it's good for you to feed your cat tuna fish every meal five times a day. <laughs> wow. So there, there is just odd, odd conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'd get calls like, oh, you, you, you the, the quality of the food's not good. And I'm like, well, okay, can you read me the packaging? If you send it back to me, I'll send you another one. Oh, we threw it away. You know, stuff like that. But yeah. it was always just a lesson, a lesson in deep breathing. And then I'd get off the phone and go, oh my God, and run outside. <laughs> Yeah, the customer service thing was always fun. Yeah, that was always fun. But in the in the middle of that uh, stint that I had with the pet food company was when David uh, reached out regarding hybrid coffee. So that's uh, I left Nilo on a Friday and went and David and I met up and bought myself a computer and started on Monday. <laughs> I was doing it was just me and David for four months. Boy and Elizabeth for about yep. four months. So I did a lot of everything at first <laughs> for till right after Expo that year. Were you already with us then, Dustin? Or did you start out? You started after. Yeah, I think I was employee number seven at Hybrew, I believe. Yeah. Well, that we hired a bunch of people at the same time. Because right. we came away from Expo and yep. it was like, oh my God what can of worms did we just open? <laughs> like, it went national. We just, sold, like, we just sold a bunch of product we don't have. <laughs> <Yeah>. For <No>. real. <laughs> we we uh, had to get, I'm pretty sure this probably isn't like privy information, but we had to get like the, the it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a real line run. It was like from the flavor house to send us a bunch of silver cans just so we could serve samples yeah, for I that first expo. I remember you telling me about that, actually. Um, yeah. And I think they just arrived, good. like, literally the morning of the show, right? And oh, I, yeah. Because I remember David was being interviewed by BevNet the same day. And I remember mm -hmm. you, were, you were saying you were panicking that morning. You were freaking out, actually, <laughs> if I recall, yeah. because you guys didn't even yeah. have your... You didn't even have samples, and the interview was like in two well, hours, and then all of a sudden, boom, it arrived, and you rocked the show. And well, it was that was the funny thing is it was there. It's the the the, the teamsters in Anaheim. They were just like, "We well, it's here. We don't know where." So I'm like, "I'm coming to the dock," and they were like, "You can't, you can't come on the dock." I'm like, "What? You're gonna stop me? <laughs> like, I need to find that." Yeah, I've so, seen, of course, I've seen you know. a pissed off Gigi before. Nobody's gonna get your way. <laughs> So I found it. Needless yes, to say. no doubt. <laughs> yes, happened a few you, times. You can be very determined, Gigi. You can be very determined. <laughs> I'm just short. I'm just going to wiggle through the crowd and just get where I need to get. 
<laughs> well, that was, then, that was, you a great, know, and then I, was a great success. I mean, you guys like that's why everybody else got hired yeah. pretty quick because boom, that show kicked everything off, and then it was off to the races with with Hybrew Then, yeah, it was. It was well when we went to Anaheim. It was me, Edwina met us. That was that was her first yeah. week, and then David, and then we had our consultant Ron, and yeah. me and Elizabeth. And it was just this, like, six of us just, like, man in the booth. This giant booth that we had made, like, with no sense whatsoever. It's like, why did we make a 20, a 10 by 20 booth? And, like, we haven't even been in business for six months. <laughs> like, hey, you made a so statement. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, people would walk up and they're like, how long have y'all been in business? Like, November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, this is impressive. I'm like, well, yep. <laughs> yes, it is. Buy some stuff. <laughs> yeah, buy it. How many do you want? <laughs> yeah. And so that so was... That was a lot of fun. That was, that was four great. and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for was four, four pretty much on the nose. And uh, that was a great ride. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I did get the opportunity to transition out of like my babysitter, like, collect being the knower of all the things to to marketing so that was that was a nice little jaunt over to to learn that side of it you know yeah. with being already with the broker and, and and like way back before even being with the broker I worked at a grocery store so I think I was listening to one of y'all's podcasts and you were talking about the the backstory of how I think RDP I think you were telling your wife about how you're you were explaining to her that you know, some people are sponsored with these giant sponsorship deals. And she was in awe. And I was like, I remember that realization of working in a grocery store and being like, wait, there's stuff behind that wall. <laughs> the first time I walked to the back of a grocery store when I worked there, and I, would, I came home and I would tell my whole family, like, you don't understand. There's all kinds of stuff back there. <laughs> like, there's an art room upstairs. There's a second floor. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing so that how was cool. back rooms you get into when you're in this business. It's also a bad yeah. thing, though. Uh, there's grocery stores that I prefer my wife doesn't go to. Uh, I won't go yeah. to. And because she, you've been if, in the back room. Because yeah. I've been ba in the back room, and I know that they're not always, uh, hey, look, not when always I, where I want to get my food from. When I was, when I was, a, <laughs> when I was a quality guy for Guinness... Trust me, there's bars I would never drink a draft beer at after, you know, I'd gone in there to fix some of the, the issues that they had. So, you know, they're like, I'll take a bottle yeah. or a can. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same deal. You see that back room, you're yeah. like, nah, I'll, I'll eat down yeah. the street, you know? Well, and having worked in several different departments within the store, too, I'm like, I've told all my friends, don't, don't eat anything from that department. <laughs> 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 Not good. And but, then, uh... Yeah, so after, after, after I left Highbrew, I went to a, I went to a beer distributor, to a craft beer distributor. Oh yeah, that's right. So if you're taking, if you're playing with your bingo cards, I've almost done every channel, <laughs> every piece of the business. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to shout bingo over here, but you know, I know you've got a couple more. <laughs> yeah. So so I did that. The beer distributor was a craft beer centric. In Texas yeah. only, right? Was it? No. There was, uh, we actually had some NAs that were part of the portfolio. It was uh, a soda, like a soda from the Midwest. And it was really good. And it was just like a high-end soda, but, you know, only certain gross, little specialty convenience stores carried it. 
Right. And then we had quite a few Texas beers and then some um, beers from Colorado. Okay. Gotcha. And a couple of uh, actual alcohol. Oh. We okay. had a vodka, a Texas vodka. That was really good. It was started by this couple. It was really good. I just had a new... The challenge I, for... I tried it yesterday. It's a vodka out of Texas. The name, the way it was spelled, it's like a normal name, but the way it was spelled was not the traditional way of spelling it or something like that. It's like nice vodka or something something like that. It was like... I'll have to look at that. Look at I don't that. know. It was like $10 less than Tito's for a handle. And it was seven times distilled, all that kind of stuff. I tried it, and I, I thought it was good. I forget what it's called, though. Damn, I, I should have. I didn't buy it. I just I forget what it's called. The, did you drink the whole handle? That's why you can't remember the name. Or <laughs> <laughs> I just should have bought it. I just I don't know. I don't know why I didn't buy it, but I, I tried it. They had like somebody there, which okay. I didn't think they were able to do anymore because of COVID. But they had, yeah, somebody. Yeah, they're know, doing so, them here. Uh, yeah, so I I tried it. I liked it, and I was like, I mm-hmm. should buy it, but I still end up going with Tito's. So, I like Tito's. Yeah, we used to do a lot of uh, co-sponsored things with them back with Sweet Leaf. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's how we got to know him and that team. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. So yeah, the beer distributor was interesting. Um, so I was the operations manager there. Okay. I ran the drivers and the routes and the inventory and the accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and the HR. Jack, jack of all <laughs> trades aren't you <laughs> yeah so after, that was interesting what about what did you do after the craft beer what did I do after the craft beer I, what did I do after the craft beer it seems like a blur <laughs> oh I went to another I went to another startup it was a, another cold brew coffee here in town <clears throat> oh yeah what was the name and of like, that uh, heyday heyday hey right yeah yeah, unfortunately, they didn't survive the Did they initial not? startup. <laughs> you know, it's I've fortunately been with a lot, a lot, almost all the startups I've been with have been successful. This particular group wasn't. It was a very good product. It was just, you know, you can't just jump into this thinking that you're gonna know everything without getting guidance. And so, yeah, if you if you don't ask for help or if you think that you know everything there is to know, that it, it's there's no way like even I think I think even as long as you've been in the industry you're we're still learning things so it's like yeah so 100%. and I yeah. still do every day yeah yeah I, 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 agree, I, I agree there G I think the uh you know I, I from what I recall they obviously they didn't have a, a beverage background from what, from what I remember um I think yeah. they had you know they had some personal finance in that to start the thing but uh but I think it was more of a passion. No, they were very well. Wife, yeah. they were very well financed. Yeah. They were very well financed. That's the that's the sad thing about it is that. So what happened? Why did it fail? Couple, you know, he they had hired several people in the organization in a management role, not including myself, that had been part of several giant companies, startups, successful startups. You know, Lacroix, Dry Soda. You know, just Glasso, just all over. Like we all knew how to help them manage this yeah and it was you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) okay (laughs) oh so they just didn't listen to the advice of the people they hired no no not really and there was a little bit of trying to yeah there's a little bit of trying to keep us some pretenses so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. it was a good product i remember it was i think the 
if I remember, they had, they were in a sixteen ounce can too, right? Like it was a 12. 12 was no, they 12? were eight. Oh, were they? They had eight. Can. They had the yeah. eight ounce some can, and they went to the twelve at one point. I remember. Yeah, because I remember they were in a larger can. I thought than what we were at the time when we were a tie brew, right? Yeah. Um, because I remember. No, it was just it was the same can. Was it? Okay. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Remembering it. You would know better yeah. than us. <laughs> so. <laughs> So what, so what, at Heyday then you were kind of what, sales ops? It was more of what I had done in the past. It was just kind of a catch-all. The only thing that I, well, no, I even did logistics. So yeah, I did everything there. So with, HR. With all your experience, I mean, marketing. I know there's still more that we'll be uncovering, but I think something useful definitely that a lot of people can, can take away from the conversation is you've been able to find ways to navigate down paths that you've never been down before and kind of figure things out on the fly and kind of rise up to some of the challenges that were put in front of you that you didn't really know anything about for that matter. What's your kind of guiding principles or way that you figure your way through some of these areas? I mean, to me, I feel like there's, it gets overwhelming sometimes when a bunch of stuff gets dumped on my lap that is either, you know, foreign to me or that I have to try and dig through my memory of how to kind of figure it out. What's been your kind of guiding path or light in, in terms of getting through some of that? Cause I know there's a lot of people that are in startups that just don't know how to get through some of that or figure some of those things out where to even start for that matter. Well, probably goes back to like what I was talking about with hating. If I don't know, I'm not scared to ask somebody <laughs> or yeah. say, I don't know. You're going to have to give me a minute to figure this out. But having been in the industry and being a little bit longer in the tooth, I have enough friends that I can ask, what would you do in this situation? Because everyone's got had careers, you know? The second thing is just, I'm just a little bit bullheaded and it's not going to not fail. It, I mean, like, I'm not going to fail. Like, I'm going to figure this out. So <laughs> it might take me a little bit longer, but, you know, it's going to happen. So, but there are times when I run into walls, you know, like with this particular job that I'm in now, I'm in a different role that's more analytic and I haven't had that um, in depth. It was always kind of like just skimming the top. I'm really getting into it here. So I really have to tell them, you're gonna have to give me a minute because I'm not sure how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. And then also if I start getting overwhelmed, I just get up and walk away and go think about something else because it just gets too much. And like I used to always tell everybody, and you know, it, this is our passion. This is our life. We do it every day, most hours than we should, but we're not curing cancer. Right. Just yeah. take a deep breath and calm down, <laughs> you know? No, but that's... It, we're I not think... inventing the COVID vaccine, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, that's the way I approach it is I just always, it's like, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to fail one and I'm not scared to ask for help and say, I don't know. Well, I Let think you, you hit on a, a good point there, G. I mean, one of the reasons you're, we asked you to come on is a, the breadth of your experience and your bullheadedness, but also, um, you know, because, you know, you're one of the people in the industry, I think that I go to, Greg goes to, and we, we do that across multiple people because we've been in the business so long. We've, we've built this kind of network of friends in the business who have quite a bit of experience between us all. We've all yeah. done a lot of different stuff. So I think we tend to lean on people when we do hit that wall and then we pick up the phone and call yeah. somebody and go, Hey, can you help me out here? Who's the distributor in blah, 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 that I need to go with. Cause I need to cover this territory. Mm -hmm. 
how do I, you know, how do I find better boxes for this product? <laughs> like, you know, how do, you know, right, yeah. we're, running, we're running low on aluminum. Where do we go get that? There's always somebody you can lean on. Like if you just sit back, like you said, take a breath, think about it. And if you pick up the phone nine times out of 10, that's usually where I find that I be, I'm able to fix the problem. But. Yeah. And because we've all had such good relationships, like I consider all of y'all my friends and like we met years ago. Like it's not this, I'm them. like <laughs> you're my friend, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I know that if I asked for, for help for anything, not even just work, like yep. if, if you could help, you would, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's establishing those relationships too. And it's just, it just goes to show like the, the family that we all built way back in the day. Yeah. And, and continue to like, I mean, that's, we, this is the, basically the backbone of why we started the podcast is, you know, mm-hmm. we believe strongly in the fact that this industry is somewhat unique in that, in that there are so many yeah. characters, relationships that keep turning up. 99 out of 100 people that you meet in the business are, are, are good, you know. And yeah. so it's funny, like it's such a small pond that we kind of swim in. And you just keep running mm-hmm. the same people over and over again. So it's it's just kind of unique in that. And that's, you know, honestly, the re- most of the reason why we started the podcast. So well, I've enjoyed listening to it. So now I'm doing a good job. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank you for being a friend and a listener. Yeah. I spend all day all plugged into your to podcast. So I was like, oh, a new one. <laughs> when I saw it, I'll Yeah, they're coming thick I was and like, fast. I know now. these guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're having, we're having a lot of fun with this. I mean, it's been, you know, kind of a, a bit of a nervous project, I guess, for the first few. And now, now I think we're kind of hitting our stride. We're just kind of feeling like, okay, well, this is, you know, we like it now, you know, we're having a bit of fun. We're calling all the people we like, you know, we're there's, you know, people are calling us now too, which is great. And we have, you know, great brands and, and Ryan and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, I think one of the things that we want to continue to do is to kind of champion you know, the underdog brands and the underdog people mm-hmm. and the unsung heroes kind of in the business, you know, um, because it's it's kind of easy, I think, for, you know, for people to just celebrate the the big successes when companies are sold or they go public and, you know, everybody wants to talk to those people, but not many podcasts or people are that interested in the nitty gritty, like, what, how does it actually get done? <laughs> you know, how does the yeah. job get done? Yeah. Well, they don't realize, like, how, I think, like, even when it comes back to, like, Sweet Leaf Days, everyone's like, oh, well, Dave and Clayton, they did, they just, you know, sold that for millions, and that was just, like, the easiest thing, and I'm like, uh, no, that was not easy. <laughs> that was not easy at all. <laughs> they started, and they, they took them, like, the 12 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, in a little bit of time, I was with them, I think I started getting gray hair. <laughs> And it's you know? it's a daily, daily, daily grind with yeah, this stuff. Yeah. Like you said, everybody, everybody in this industry, at least the ones that I've come to to know and love, are ones as you put it, put way too much time into work every day. It's just that's just a part of who these people are, and we are, and everything else. And that's yeah, that's kind of what makes it. But to say that anybody made it and didn't put in the work or anything like that, it's really insane to say, because it's, I, yeah. I know, I know what it takes. I know about getting in the car and, or even delivery trucks. If you're on the distribution side and have to deliver when somebody calls out or mm-hmm. on a holiday week, or if you're a brand person, you have to run cases over somewhere to make somebody happy or go reset a shelf and use pencils just to get that little extra air. So you can fit your product. In yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes into it on a daily there's basis. A lot of, yeah, there's a lot of grinding. And I think oh, there's, yeah. 
there was it crown or was it crown or ball i forget which one but they they have like they have a i think the well first of all i think the failure rate of startup beverage brands is is pretty significantly high like i'm seeing like nine out of probably 10 <laughs> you know that kind of uh, it's really 10 percent yeah. probably that really make it and you know make it to a shelf and and become successful or sold or you know go public or whatever but you know i think it was crown or ball that has a room like an entire warehouse that's dedicated to single cans of cans that they made that are no longer in the business because I think, I think they walk ball. people through there and they go, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. They walk people through there and kind of go, yep, these are all the guys who didn't make it. Here's an entire warehouse full of them. Yeah. You know? So are you sure you want to get into this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's a wonderful way to kind of sure? give people the, the little reality check before they go, you know, spend their life savings on something. Well, it's even walking the floor at the trade shows. It's like, what, 30,000, over 30,000 booths? Yeah. Company? Yep. You know, all these people are not going to last, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And, and yeah. And some of them are, you know, small business, just trying yeah. to, you know, it's passion projects and they want them to succeed, but it's, it's tough to make a living in small business. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's, become, it's definitely become harder. This is something that we, is a consistent theme, I think on, you know, across everybody we've talked to is, you know, over the years, the, the consolidation of, of distributor tiers, the consolidation of, uh, chains buying up smaller ones, you know, just making that whole, mm -hmm. you know, making that uh, leap to success for small companies that much more difficult because yeah, there's just less call points and less less ways to get to the shelf now than there ever were before. Yeah. So you know, you're starting with kind of a hamstrung position. So you know, you really have to be dedicated. You have to know what you're trying to do, and you have to know who you're trying to reach, and you have to know your consumer. Well, and you have to. You also have to, it goes back to, you have to be able to say, I need help. I'm not sure if I know how to do this and hire the right people. Like I've always said that about Clayton, you know, like they're like, oh, Clayton's like, he's so successful. Like he is, he's got great innovation and he hires the best people. Right. Because <laughs> like, they yeah. know how to get it done. Right. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's like good at innovation. He's great, but he hired the best people to make sure that that happened. Right. Yeah, no, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, you know, being a, a leader is of a company yeah, is, is, is about itself, yeah. yeah, is that it's it's not all about your vision. It's about how you can get out of your own way to let all the other people do it, right? Yeah, well, and build them up too. Right. That's like the the company that I'm with now. It's kind of a startup. Within the company itself is giant, but this particular channel is in its startup phase. So we're going into retail. And that's what I appreciate, appreciate about the CEO. Like he makes a point to address you as an individual and ask you like, what, what's your goal? What do you want to do? Can I help you? You know, for instance, one of our, our iconic design was drawn by one of the warehouse guys. And he just told him, Hey, you know, I'm a budding artist and I'd like to like draw, do some of the art. They're like, go ahead. It's trademarked for the company. He's an artist now, <laughs> you know, because they yeah. helped him build that career, even though, you know, they could have said, well, no, you're in the warehouse. You know, don't, don't bother us with this. But they did it. And like, that's, I'm really impressed with having gone through all these years of all these different companies, I'm really impressed with how this company is handling their employees. 
and especially at this time when everyone's freaked out, stressed out. Like I started with them during COVID. I've only been to the office three times and that was to pick a computer up and turn around and walk out. They, they gave me a desk. They gave me anything I wanted. They were like, if you're not comfortable, stay home. Right. That's I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is great. No, that's, that's, yeah. it truly is. And I, I you know, I, I would safely say that, you know, the company that I work for is very similar. We have, you know, an incredible yeah. leader who was supremely proactive when COVID mm -hmm. started, you know, just we're shutting down the office. Everybody's going to work from home. Yeah. We'll figure this out later. But yeah. the immediate reaction was protect the people. <clears throat> you know, that came first, which is just gesture, I guess, first of all. And second of all, just move, you know, that it could be a, a bad move for the business, but it turned out to be the best move ever because people responded yeah. in kind. You know, they're like, wow, okay, you're going to take care of me. Well, guess what? We're going to return that. So, and, yeah. and I think we've got it back in, we've got it back in spades from everybody in the organization because, you know, everybody felt like they were completely taken care of through this whole process and, yeah. uh, and they, they just worked their tails off from home. I could say the same. You guys both know Hybro and the team there and everything else. And everybody that I've been dealing with has been fantastic. I could say some experience I've had with other companies that I know for sure what they, what they're doing and what they've gone through over the past few months with their people is not the same. And some of these other companies yeah. are, are, you could tell, I mean, when you look at a brand, there's a lot more to it. And, and we, we haven't really got into it too much um, on the branding side, which you could probably dive into it too, just as well as anybody else. Um, it, you know, a brand is a part of what, who works at the company, what the company is, the yeah. leadership of the company. Um, in some way, some form or another, it does come through in the product. And I think that's something that you can kind of tell on when you look at a shelf or something out there and you try a product, you can kind of get a feel for that branding. If you go in their social media, you can kind of get a feel for what kind of people work there, who works there, if they're empathetic to everyone, if they're not, if it's, you know, big conglomerate or if it's a small startup, there's definitely an authenticity that shines through that you can't fake. It's very true. And I mean, truth be told, that's why a few of the startups that I was at, I left within nine months. So <laughs> it was like, mm, I'm not feeling your vibe. And if I can't feel your vibe, then I'm not going to, I like, I believed in the product, but then when I get into your culture, there's not really one, you know? So I, I got to move on yeah. right. and, you know, no <laughs> fault of theirs. It's just, that's how I work. I have to be able to not only believe in the product, but be happy where I'm at. That's yeah. I was spending weight. I mean, a lot of time of my life, like, you know, I was, I I was we... laughing at my kid with my kids the other day. I said something about, how they don't pay attention when I'm around. Like, don't y'all remember that one, you know, trip that I took and I was gone for five days and you didn't even realize it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, where'd mom go? Like, seen her since Tuesday. They were like, well, we knew she, you were gone. We just thought you were at work. I was like, I wasn't even in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would agree. I think we've, we've brought this up before too. Like culture is such a huge driver for you know for people who like you said if we spend like we just discussed like the, all, the best of people seem to be the people who you know who spend more time at work than they probably should right so uh -huh. you know if you want those people and you should want those people then you have to provide what it is that they're looking for which is if i'm mm -hmm. going to spend that much time at work i want to really enjoy it and i want to trust the people i work with and for right mm -hmm. and and it's like you said it's kind of hard to you can't fake that shit. Like it's, 
it's just you can't pretend you can't paint a culture on a wall you know it, it's it's either yeah. part of the organization or it's not and and it's one of the yeah. hard, one of the hardest things i think to to create or fake but if you if you can do it it usually comes very naturally i think to the people who do it well yeah. i know clayton and david were two of the best at that like they you know they really did give a shit like they they <clears throat> enjoyed yeah. the people they worked with they had fun you know they made you know they made work exciting and different every day and challenged people and gave them through bones of people when they did good work you know and yeah. and i think that's kind of that's you know the the backbone of it but you know fleshing it out how like, how would you like how would you see you said you've left a couple of places because of that so what is it that makes the perfect culture or the right culture you think for you know to, to attract like really good employees well like i said you know a lot of the, the reasons that i gravitated to a different manufacturer was because don't get me wrong i was happy with the broker i worked a nine to five computer stayed there <laughs> you know they were great but when this opportunity opened up, I'm like, oh, I, we had been working with Sweet Leaf. We were representing Sweet Leaf. So I already knew them a bit. So loving the product, I was like, okay, I like them too. I'm going to go over there. So having gotten to know them and how personal they were and caring about all the employees, I think that's what it takes. Is like You have to be willing to just be human. And then it's not just about the bottom dollar because they're, you may not make it but you still wind up, might wind up with a lifelong friend because y'all work together, whether you're the CEO and this is your ASM. Right. You might still, you know, yeah. if you treat a person right, they're going to, they're, and then they're going to follow you. Like I followed David to hybrid. Right. It took a year and a half. Oh, but once look, he started look, hybrid, look he called me and he was like, I'm starting another one. You ready? And I'm like, okay, let's go. Well, look at, look at how many people followed from sweet leaf tea to hybrid. I mean, yeah. I think most of the, most of the, like quite a few of the initial 10 or 12 employees were former Sweetleaf employees, you know, yeah. and they were like, yep, yeah, you're doing this, you're doing that shit again. I'm on, let's go. <laughs> Dude, I hadn't even tried it yet. <laughs> I hadn't either. Edwina didn't even, Edwina didn't even try it. And I'm going to tell you the first time I tried it, I almost spit it out. <laughs> Because it had so much stevia in it. But then it goes back to, like, we talked to David, and we were like, David, it's got too much stevia. You need to cut it down. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, I like stevia. And I'm like, well, not everybody does. So you need to bring it down a bit. And he did. He listened to us. Right. But, you know, it's it sounds cliche, but it's just, just caring about everybody. A lot of yeah, people, lot of people to, hear you, but they don't listen. It's, there's yeah. a difference. There's a big difference. Yeah. So it's be, being heard. About what's the next thing they're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> being heard is a big part of, of culture. Yeah. Especially if, if you're going to spend that much time with, devote that much of your life to that brand, even though you might not be the one that's benefiting financially in the long run from it, but it's still your passion. Yeah. It's your livelihood, you know. Well, you yeah. know, one of the things I think that that's worth discussing too is I think, you know, David and Clayton both did this rather well too, is like everybody at the company always got a piece of the pie or, you know, a small piece of stock or, mm -hmm. you know, that you, you know, you were involved in so that, you know, if and when the company got sold, you know, you got a check in the mail, you know? And, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's notable for sure. And I think that's, that gives people a little bit more skin in the game and helps, helps that culture. I think along as well because now everybody's an investor, 
right? You're all, yeah, we all you're, have your owner. Yeah, right. So that I think that that's important, I think, too, for, for companies to consider when they're starting up is like culturally, you know, there's more value in, I, I guess being heard, to, being heard to me means being valued, right? So right. if somebody listens to what I have to say because I have experience, then that makes me feel valued for the experience that I have, right? That I'm, I'm right. validated for, you know, what I've been doing for a long time, right? But then you layer on top of that, you know, that you're also willing to give me a piece of the pie to work towards to help, you know, grow that piece of the pie. Well, now, now I'm in, now I've got two oars, you know, in my hands, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm ready yeah. to row that boat because now I got skin in the game and people, you know, give a shit about what I say and they feel like I contribute to the value of the company. So, yeah. you know, that's just the way I feel about it. I, I don't know how you guys feel about yeah. that. Well, I agree. It's also helpful to have both oars. So you're not turning in a circle. <laughs> I love that you just did the circle. I wish people could see this zoom right now because you just she just spun in the chair when you did that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh my lord! It's supposed to be a fun podcast. <laughs> it is. They always are. We all, we always knock some fun out of these somehow. <laughs> Yeah, we had, uh, I did, did, did you listen to the one um, with Aaron Sorrell and Greg and, and Jen recently? That's the one I think I was, the first one I listened to. It was just uh, a couple of days ago. But, but like I said, I didn't, I knew y'all were doing this, but I didn't like, for some reason it wasn't clicking. And then I think Greg put it on his Facebook. Yeah, he did. He threw it out there. Yeah. Or maybe Jen did. And I was like, oh, I need to listen to this so there was we everybody was being everybody was being full moon silly last night so i just plugged it in <laughs> kept going <laughs> like i can't deal with y'all well like, go to the fire pit and leave me alone because <laughs> because of covid everyone's in my house <laughs> it's a little bit much <laughs> so i listen to a lot of podcasts because of it yeah me too i've been i've been turned on to a bunch of different stuff now as well just you know more time in our hands want to try and do something make yourself yep. feel a little bit smarter even if you're not <laughs> trying to learn some things yeah yeah trying to trying to be less dumb this year than i was last year good we're, luck we're, with we're, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been knocking a bunch of fun out of this honest to god i think we've had we've had a riot on some of these you know some of these calls it's been and, and you know i wish we could we should probably start the video portion of this ryan because you know we just missed Gigi's twirl there which was you know <laughs> magnanimous and uh, we need to we need to be able to show people all these all these wonderful people that we've yeah. interviewed because there's some characters <laughs> oh i would imagine that your um uh, chat with josh was highly entertaining on a video <laughs> you remember oh. i met him at nra yeah, that's right. Like that. Was that the first year of Hybrid 2? It was year I think it was. Two, was it? Year two. Oh, that's right. Because we had to we had to wait a year because they have that. They cold. have that, yeah, exactly. We didn't have enough yeah. points or whatever the hell you need to get in there. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was always cracked me up because Oh yeah, that was so riot. I have that video somewhere. I have to find it and send it to you. Of him um shotgunning. Yes. 
Oh, please do send that to me. That's too good. I have I actually, to find it. <laughs> I, have a, I have a bunch of stuff somewhere in the basement down here. That's from, you know, our original, when we started Pour My Beer. You know, uh-huh. I, have, I have some stuff here that, you know, that I, I'm going to send him eventually, but I'm holding on for the right day, you know, like me. You know, he's just got the investment from Coke Europe now, you know, a few million bucks. Yeah. He's, you know, he's doing well. He's doing great. And, but I have so much shit down here that I'm going to send him this. Just, I'm just going to, you know, ruin his day by sending him all the oldest shit that we had from back in the day that just to remind him of his roots <laughs> and how well, bad to send it to him, <laughs> And you need to send it to him COD since obviously he can afford it now. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Let me do that. I'll send it to him on individual pallets as well, you know, one at a time. Oh my gosh. One piece at a time. <laughs> yeah full truck oh you know or actually three three ltls yeah (laughs) land on different days (laughs) you know some speaking of funny shit that happens in companies one of the guys that i work with he's an og at nutribolt uh, hagen panton and he he's a riot but the other day he sends me a photograph that somebody sent him of one case of product on a pallet wrapped that we had shipped to somebody on a pallet (laughs) and he said do other beverage companies do this (laughs) Uh, i was like well no but yes (laughs) yeah we've done some dumb shit in our time but you know that's that that's among some of the best i've ever seen is to ship one case of product on a full pallet but tell me tell me the dumbest thing that you know you've seen happen Gigi. i was gonna say i'll add to that we did that with sweet leaf at target (laughs) we're targeting but that was, you know, before we all knew better. <laughs> Again, we were working with a bunch of, ch- I would say children, but they were not children. They were just right out of college. Right. They were children adults. of the industry. Adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, the dumbest thing that I've seen happen besides that? Oh my gosh. I don't, I have no idea. Like, well, one of the other coffees that I worked for decided to try to rebrand before they even actually had distribution within a region. <laughs> That's definitely, that's a pull popper. Yeah, that's what I was like. I gotta go. <laughs> you guys are on your own. Thanks. Like, it's okay. I mean, we can do that. And I'm like, I can't have my name tied to this anymore. I gotta go. <laughs> that brand shall remain nameless. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you could probably decipher which one I'm targeting. <laughs> yeah, no longer in business. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that was probably like the most like business-wise stupid thing I've ever seen. But there's been some stupid stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's been too too many years. Spit it out, Jay. Spit it out. Don't be afraid. <laughs> it's just it's just more of like just silliness because we spend way too much time together. <laughs> I mean, I you know, there's been some swimming pool incidents. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly has. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna spit it out. This the, the... I was gonna say, does RUP know about this? <laughs> oh, I do not. Marty, you're well, in for you're in for a me, treat. Let me let me first. Gigi, why don't you my tell, dad had just you tell the story. Away. My dad had just passed away the week before. Mm-hmm. And we had our first sales meeting. And we were like twenty-three people, maybe. Mind you, we had all this is all old sweetly people. This was it, the the first this was the night of July twentieth. Yes. And yep. it, it was July 20th yeah. of, hold on, it would be seven years ago now. Wait, two, 2013, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Because that was my 15th wedding anniversary. 
That's right, because Beth was supposed to come with you. She was supposed to come, but she she couldn't make it. <clears throat> and you guys went all out and bought champagne, put it in the room. You had chocolate-covered strawberries. You had all sorts of fun shit in there. And then last minute, Beth couldn't make it, right? And, but, you know, this was my very first day on the job, RDP, was our 15th wedding anniversary. And I, of course, I ran it by her. I was like, are you sure you're okay with this? And she's like, I'm absolutely fine. I'm just delighted you got a job and you're back with David and the gang. You know, go enjoy, you know? So, of course, I neglect to tell this to G, who was organizing everything. And so, anyway, the show yeah, like, were in the room. doing all that, yeah. But go ahead, G. <laughs> finish the story no i was like and i was like trying to be nice i'm like oh they're poor things it's like their anniversary so like decking out the room and they i had talked to david about it he was like that's cool that's fine you know and i told greg too because you know we're all stupid three musketeers and (laughs) but then i i had gone dark the week before because my dad had passed and then you know then the sales meeting comes so i'm picking everybody up and so Greg and Declan decide they're you know they're going to be my brothers and proceed to just feed me alcohol a lot of it. <laughs> we had a, quite a few Manhattans that evening. Yeah. yeah, quite a few Manhattans, and so we were staying in the hotel that we were staying at. Actually, the Omni. kind of famous, the Omni, but it was where Miss Congeniality was shot. Where mm-hmm. the first one, where Sandra Bullock is like sitting in the pool talking to the other girls. Because it's staying cool. But anyway, so all of those Manhattans, we decided we need to go swimming because the bars, like the bars, like here and the pool's just like right out the door. This is after we the bar closed, by the way, RDP. This is like after the pool. None of us have. Is yeah. this the one of the bars? Like, down, is the bar down like in a little? Yeah, it's like sunken. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's where yeah. I, I stay there so, when I go. Down there. I didn't realize that was from that movie. Yeah. Yep. Well, see, and I'm also bar, <laughs> friends with. I'm also friends with a lot of the salespeople in that hotel, like the catering, like all. So they all knew we were there. <laughs> so, so us sneaking off into the pool after it was closed, they were like, "Just leave them alone. We know who they are. It's all right." <laughs> <laughs> they're idiots, but there are idiots. <laughs> yeah, there's okay. It's okay. <laughs> So we go out there and me and Greg are swimming around. We don't have swimsuits. We're swimming around in our clothes. And me and Greg are just like chilling. And then all of a sudden we see like Declan just like surfaces just bleeding from his forehead. (laughs) He had dove into the shallow end thinking that it was deep. And likely it was probably my fault because I dive into everything. I used to be a swimmer. I know how to manage depth. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure he was just like, oh, well, she did it. <laughs> oh, my. Dude, you're yeah, lucky so that- your head is so big and hard <laughs> or you would be paralyzed. I'm, I know. Well, I'm like, pretty I, sure I had a, I had cracked a- the foundation of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this, like, I had this graze on my forehead the top of my nose and my chin like almost like a david bowie lightning strike like right across my face right so of course i wake up in the morning first day first day first day day with the new company and we go walk in and i've got this fucking david bowie stripe across my face and i meet ron who was our vp of sales and of course david's there david's just looking at me going what the fuck happened to you And Ron is shaking and my head, course, looking at my face, and David goes, "What the fuck happened to you, man?" 
<laughs> and I said, well, I dove into the fucking so, pool last night at like three o'clock in the morning and hit my head. <laughs> and, and they're all and freaking Ron out. Because just I had... goes, he, he just looks at me like he, he's joking, right? And Dave's like, no, he's not joking. <laughs> no. Well, Ron wasn't used to us. Like we were all just like, what? This is normal. <laughs> Dude, and I had misplaced my phone at the hotel. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I know. I couldn't believe it. And you were you were late to the meeting. I just placed my phone at the hotel. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I got there at eight twenty-eight. We were starting at eight thirty. <laughs> I will say, I, I give on, I give you guys, uh, I give all you guys credit. Miss the bell. Some, somehow, <laughs> you guys always make the bell. I don't know mm -hmm. how, because there are times when I've gone to bed and I know you guys were still up, and I'm just like, I, I got to go to bed. If I don't go to bed, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make the meeting. I get down there. You guys are there, bright and bushy-tailed and everything, just as if you got went to bed before I did. That was one of the biggest compliments Arcus used to pay me when we worked with Brian. He's like, I just don't know how he fucking does it. He can stay out till like three in the morning, but he's he's always there at seven. He smells good. He looks good, and he's able to talk. <laughs> he's like, I don't I don't know how he does that. <laughs> yeah, to say we were really skilled at that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're just skilled drinkers. Oh yeah, well you know, here's the, here's the industry does that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Oh, no, that was that was one of the silly things. Thank you, thank you for sharing my you know my story on, on my <laughs> podcast. That's very nice of you. Well, I'm not going to share my stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to save that for another like, podcast. We'll tell one about you. <laughs> I've never, I've never done anything that requires a story to be told. <laughs> you're, like, you're like with a long sheet of paper it's like a cbs oh, I, can think, I can think of four or five people we need to bring on the podcast next week so they can just tell gg stories <laughs> oh my god that would be too much that would be the roast of my life <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean let's let's talk about that who would they be i mean there would definitely greg moran is involved oh my god well yeah greg's always involved Greg Moran is involved. Um, maybe Jake Rouse. Well, you, Jake. Some, yeah, although Jake usually like does the uh, what do they call that? It's probably it's probably racist of me to say the Irish dip out or whatever. The I Irish am offended. Slide or I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish exit. <laughs> when you oh. just look up and all of a sudden we're like, "Where's Jake?" Like he's been gone for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> he's the smart one. He left early. Yeah, he is April, but I don't know if he can pass the censor for April. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are oh, blessed with her presence. What? February fifth. What? April. Her... She's doing oh, the podcast. She's coming on February fifth. We're very what? excited. <laughs> We're very we excited. Have, we might have to have you on there as well, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Oh, that, that would be. Fun. That would be pretty awesome. Because I still, you know, she's going to be pretty high. I have a big enough piece of. <laughs> Yeah, she is. But I still see her sometimes because we have a big enough piece of uh, property that, like, if people want to come, I mean, you can come over. We'll just go outside. Yeah. And we can just, like, not be close to each other. Um, so I've still seen her off and on. Who else would there be? Jen, Jackie. Oh, Jen Stanland? Yes, 100%. Yeah. She's got a when lot of Jackie. Paper you. Yeah. I've gotten in some shenanigans with both of them before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do distinctly recall a high brew meeting where we were in downtown Austin one evening and then we all decided to go buy hats for some reason. I think we'd, we'd oh yeah 
we hit a bunch of bars and then we got enough in this and we're like, let's go buy a bunch of hats. So it was me. I think it was you, the same meeting. Well, I think it was. It was later that week. Yeah. Yes, it was Gurin Brothers, wasn't it? Gurin Brothers yeah. on yeah. I think we ended up yeah. in there and everybody walked out of there with a hat for the rest of the night. And uh yes. the usual suspects. <laughs> you know, we, Yeah. Because again, it'll be yeah, and then we went to Continental Club. That's exactly right. Yep, we did. And we had a blast there. Oh, we've had some good times, Gigi. Um, there's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. We need to make one of those little books like um, they did for Hybrid. Oh, that I, that actually was one of the coolest things. I still have that. Like, that was really cool. It was I really cool. It's, yeah. I mean, I, like, I don't remember my, who my... they handed those out. And just for, for the people who listen, I, I suppose, uh, how, how, long, how far into the journey was this? Probably three years maybe in? Close to it? Um, well, it was four for me at that point. Was it okay? So yeah, three and a half probably for the yeah. Rest. So it was three. It was three. Yeah, because yeah. I started like I said in November, and then that meeting was in January. Yeah, so we had a retreat. That we always had like we would go get together as a company, go out in the middle of the woods and you know the low country or somewhere like that, get a big ass mm -hmm. cabin and hang out and put put our business plan together in like August September for for the following year. And yeah. then at the end we went to I think it was Salt Lake, was it? Um, yeah. The barbecue place and we went to salt lake, and, salt lake and david and elizabeth and his whole family in fact were were there and yeah. he gave out a book a book that was made up by employee number and it had a little bit about each employee in there why oh, they joined when on, they joined right in fact um, oh you you I've got, I've got you mine. got your book yeah mine's up in the mine's up in the in the library yeah it's like it's in the living room <laughs> with all my leather-bound books <laughs> in, in the library. So no, next to your smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, my ace smoking jacket. Oh, there it is. It's the coolest thing. So anyway, the book the book was about every employee, and then it had a little piece on everybody, but it had your employee number, uh, and it was you know bound with the Hybrew logo on the outside, and it, it was just like when it when it was handed out to everybody. I, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house that night. Everybody was just yeah. like, leafing through it, and we were all like, it was like a fucking high school reunion. Everybody signing shit on everybody's books. Um, it, it's really funny. I mean, I have, you know, I look at that thing probably once a year, and I just get a great giggle out of it. It was a, it was a really nice. Um, yeah, it was. Well, I was a hot mess because I'd already decided that it was time for me to move on. So I was just bawling. <laughs> you were a mess. And, you know, and I only, I only moved on because of just being in field marketing. Like that's not, that's a young person's game. And I was not, my body was not happy with me. It was like, it's time to go on. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was tired of driving in 26 foot box trucks. <laughs> so. Now you just schedule them. <laughs> yeah. No, that was. I always looked ridiculous. I always looked ridiculous in those giant box trucks because it's like <laughs> little midget me with these giant steering wheels. I was just going to say, like they don't even make phone books <clears throat> anymore for you to tie to your feet or sit on, right? Mm -mm. Well, I mean, fortunately, they're air seats, so. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, G. Well, you know, I've been short a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you did you did anybody write anything interesting in yours, RDP? That's what I'm looking for right now. I think I did. Declan drew a middle finger. Yep. Far from the court. Even even back then, I loved you, Ryan. That's a sign of affection. That's right. <laughs>
Yeah, I can't remember. I know everybody wrote something ridiculous on mine, too. But it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I think right. it, was, it doesn't I, well, quite top the first one, but it, it's up there pretty close. Yeah, it, it was just so cool. Um, you know, just the whole... The book was... I mean, it was a treasure, right? Like, and it still is. Like, I mean, Ryan, Ryan yeah. just picked his out of the, you know, his, you know, book area there, which has three other books in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss, one of oh, the books I read, the books I read. <laughs> I even forgot about this one. Funny. Yeah. I, yeah. It's one of those things I've probably, I'll never get rid of. Oh, no. I, same here. It's just, uh, it's a treasure. So if Gigi had, oh, her way, I think we covered. Oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was I was just saying if Gigi had her way and she had to, let's say you win the lottery tomorrow morning and you want to stay in the business for some odd reason, then you know what what do you do? What what product do you? What would you make? What would you go into? And what would it look like? What's what's your brand? What's Gigi's brand? I mean, I think like my next interest is like an alcohol brand, Gigi Tobe. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Gotta save some money somehow. Um, I'll make the shit myself. Just, I know. I mean, I got a bathtub outside. Um, <laughs> Gin it is. <laughs> yes. I, I, I find those fascinating. Just the, the science of it all. You know, it, yep. it, that's if I won the lottery, which would be hard since I don't play the lottery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the way I would go. I mean, given the opportunity, I'd work with an alcohol company now if I could. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, alcohol, it's, alcohol is definitely one of those things that there's, I don't ever see, uh, you see alcohol companies go out of business that don't make it, but you don't ever see alcohol that doesn't sell. It's not like right. going to a grocery store dumpster and seeing a bunch of fruit in the back. <laughs> you never right. see alcohol go to waste. So there, there's something there. <laughs> yeah, no, there definitely is. And you, you know, my, I, Ryan, you know, Brad that I cycle with, yeah. he owns Dirty Franks here. It's an institution like dive bar, institutional <laughs> dive bar and filling here. And, you know, he always says, you know, they, they don't serve any food like they never have. They've been around since the 30s. They, you know, they were grandfathered in, you know. And he always says, well, you know, I just, you know, I'll, I'll buy, you know, I don't, he doesn't really do inventory control because his idea is like, if I buy booze, it doesn't go off and I'm going to sell it at some point in time, right? <laughs> like, so, mm -hmm. you know, it has that amazing um, eternal shelf life, you know, pretty much. Yeah. So you are going to sell it. It's just, a, you know, and you're going to sell it for a profit, obviously. So if you're in that business, it's pretty cool. So I, I love the science of it too. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, in talking to David Souk from St. Luna, you know, I just love the way he's kind of mm -hmm. cornered, like, you know, an area that, that I didn't think about, right? You know, I'm like, God damn, why didn't yeah. I, you know, it's always the, like, it's the same reaction every time you see a great idea. It's like, fuck, why didn't I think about that? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Because they're, you know, it's always like the greatest ideas are the simplest ideas, right? Like it's like they're they stare you in the face. So what's the next category in alcohol then? That you know, obviously gin, vodka, scotch, Irish. Now moonshine has been tapped. Like and even you know, let's forget about the back shelf stuff. Like you know, the um, vermouths. Like every vermouth has been redone. Saint Germain has been redone. You know, like everything that goes into a cocktail pretty much has been done. So. So what's next? There's even a tequila with the rock. I haven't seen tequila. Tequila's been done. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of um, innovation or a revamping of like a Fernet. That like the Jaeger Fernet, that kind of whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. you're right. There hasn't been a whole lot in that. For well, I mean, Fernet's pretty damn good anyway, and so well because yeah. yeah, because you don't need to honestly, but right if you could take a different spin off of it, like your friend David's doing with Moonshine, like yeah, right. Maybe bring the a, description that he gave. Yeah, the description that he gave of it was it's not that backwoods gin, or I mean backwoods moonshine that everyone's right. used to thinking of. You know. So if you think of like the Fernet-ish category, and when I say this, I'm sure the people at Fernet are absolutely fuming when I include Jägermeister and you know a few others, but when you're a consumer, I think that's the way we think, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're like, oh, they all belong in that kind of spiced specialty liquor area right well i think we do because we know i don't think the general public would associate jaeger with Fernet because Fair. especially if you think about the consumer that does jaeger shots like they're not thinking oh let me get this craft drink with Fernet. right uh, oh let me let me they're throw my let me throw my underberg in my bag i'll be right back i will i will say <laughs> yeah i will say i do i do have a jaeger machine in my house <laughs> I, I do but i do i do and it That's was one of the reasons why i love a gift from a generous friend but i will <laughs> say <Hello, Popkin. laughs> i will say that oh, with my machine i've come to drink jaeger more frequently than i used to so when i was in college i'd do it as shots and jaeger bombs and all that stuff i've actually found that after dinner it's actually helps me quite a bit after i'm done eating it's a good digest like it helps the digestion all of that good stuff who knew who knew so you're only so who you're knew? only the digestive the could be used for not shots right now i have a bottle of their they have a coffee Imagine they have a coffee jaeger that's a cold brew jaeger that's what i have in the machine right now um but yes it is a, a nice i'm going to have <laughs> to reconsider my friendship with you <laughs> just send me the Jaeger machine you might be able to fix that yeah <laughs> i don't know i was just thinking like just spitballing i think that might be a good like just thinking the way you're like david was mentioning just there's no new alcohol no you just have to uh, right. innovate what's already out there, you know, like unless we find some crazy ass recipe that's like in some monastery somewhere that no one's ever made. Like, yes, right. Like yeah. the alcohol's already yeah. been made. And that's that's right. the thing too. Like when we were we were mentioning earlier, I said that I saw that other um the other kind of vodka that's from that Texas. Tequila, yeah. And vodka, yeah. The the one from Texas. And I it was I thought about buying it, but and I was like, you know what? The bottle wasn't anything crazy. It was just a generic bottle, which is fine. And the logo is fine. It, it was it was what it was. But then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, it's $10 less. Even though it says seven times distilled and all this stuff, it's $10 less than a handle of Tito's, which right. I consider to be a value vodka anyway. Yeah, it's it's nineteen bucks mm -hmm. a bottle. Right, it's not Bankers minute. Club, but it's you know it's you're no, it's decent. You know, I don't get that hungover right from it. Right. So uh, so I see Bankers it. I'm like, Club. it's ten dollars less. Am I gonna? I immediately associate cheaper, basing it off of Tito's being kind of like my midline. Yeah. I consider that mm -hmm. to be cheaper. I'm like, oh, this got to be Bankers Club. It's gonna give me a headache. I don't even want to try it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then it's yeah. it's like there's a pr there's a whole thing with, when it comes at least for vodka which is my liquor choice 
I feel like there's that's his bag, baby. There's a lot of there's a lot of movement within. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? Uh, like there's a lot of factors that come into play. It's funny that it's funny that when you you like when you say that, like I consider oh ten dollars cheaper, especially if I tried it in the store. I'm like, okay, that means these guys are a startup. They're using a stock bottle. They're saving on their label. I'm going to help them. They have no marketing. So yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that's the way I think when I like. Right. Okay, if it tastes just as good or better, I'm going to stick with well, these guys rather than supporting these other guys, even my though, thought, you know, my thought is our backyard. Though, yeah, but I mean, my thought, I think, immediately went to, because now I feel bad that I'm not supporting the startup, but I mean, I think no, my, no, I'm my thought immediately... I think. No, I know, which is, which is the right way to think. I think for me... I immediately thought of Declan saying that he gets a more of a hangover on cheaper alcohol. So I'm going to blame it on Declan, just like everything else. I'm not going to take accountability. I'm going to blame it on Declan. And you know, Declan's with his pinkies out all the time. That's why. <laughs> Busted ass pinkies out. The price ladder, right? Like and go, ooh, well, mm-hmm. it could be shit. You know, because it's that much cheaper. Like, all right, I, I'm going to name a brand like Smithworks vodka that I keep seeing showing up. Stock bottle, very simple label, whatever, right? Like it's distilled however many times, but it's exactly Gigi's point, right? So I bought it the first time because I was like, I bought it on price for just like, fuck it, I'll try it and see, you know, there you go. What do you got there? Stateside? Yeah, that's a nice one. I can't see, I'm old. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a local, oh, yeah, that's nice. local Philly box. Anything oh. Philadelphia, I'll buy. So Yeah, but they've, they've got yeah. a, it's it's cool. They've got a nice package. they got a flip top cap, you know, like an old golf yeah. bottle. Um, but, um, you know, that's that's nice packaging, right? Like, so you're paying for the packaging there. Like, Smithworks is, you know, shit bottle. Like, no offense to Smithworks. Uh, it's it's a stock bottle. That's why they're priced cheap. They're vodka. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like we're conditioned almost to think, yeah, yeah. but, you know, I, I know it's good, but I'm still going to buy the one that's seven bucks more because I don't know why. Because I've been trained. Well, because to- you're always reminded with a commercial or a print ad it's the seven dollars of marketing is the difference <laughs> well, yeah but it's it's also to your point you know nowadays that thirty dollars for a handle or twenty dollars for a handle it, it's only 10 buck difference but ten dollars can go a long way that could be a, a higher quality mixer that could be you know something else that could be something for the kids i, I don't know whatever but i mean like it's wrinkle. Hey, we're not talking about my purchase, okay? He bought a bottle of Happy Fat Winkle. Woo! Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> we're doing that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm sorry we can't, can't virtually share that right now because that would be fun. Because I know Gigi loves her whiskey, so I I had to get it. I just bought a I just bought a bottle, two bottles actually. Three monkeys. Have you heard of them? Uh, what are they called? Three monkeys. Three monkeys. Yeah. And then I think they're a Diageo brand. And then um, Hayden, Basin Hayden, Basin Hayden, Hayden. I can't ever say it right. The Basil Hayden. Hayden. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my. I, I hide those in my room so that um, nobody else can get them. <laughs> I. I, uh, I finally was able to get a get a hold of. Can so you make me a vodka soda and a little bit of lime. The joy you just, of having an you adult child. the children around to make you drinks right now? Yeah. They're not children anymore. 
<laughs> I tried, They'll always be children, dear. I tried to I tried to play a joke on my wife last night. I got um, my middle kid to I had a, a, I was drinking Coors Banquet. Um, they had the little stubby bottles, so I finished it. And they're the little stubby brown. Ones. I love those. And I finished one. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna just try and play a joke on my wife. So I I empty it out. I fill it up with water and I give it to my middle kid to run up to her and say, mommy, look what daddy gave me. I love it. And was like, drink it. My wife didn't even question whether or not she was like being serious in any way, shape or form. She immediately knew. She's like, there's no way you would like that because your father's the only person in the world who likes that. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor choose choice of a, of a beer to use, I guess. <laughs> no, I will say well, that I'm, I mean, I'm also it, a fan of the banquet beer. It's the, the, the only it's a banquet of beer. It's okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Especially the one in that bottle. So the mm -hmm. tastes better. <laughs> well, it, it does, right? Yeah, well, it, isn't everybody it going does. backwards on like everybody's going back to the vintage stuff now, which I kind of love. I love it. It's one of the reasons why Miller High Life had such a resurgence, you know, a few years ago, because they never left the bottle. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it just stayed and all of a sudden it became cool because it was the champagne you know, of beers. Right. And and it is. Do you guys have the best slips up there? Schlitz, like the malt liquor. Yeah. 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 We get a, uh, I think we only get it in 40 ounces. We don't have now. it down here anymore. Really? Oh my God. Oh, hold on. Uh, I got to tell you. So, you know, you know, have you driven the delivery service? Yeah. Jen sent me a bottle of gin. I mean, Jackie sent me a bottle of gin for my birthday. There you go. Well, yeah. you, know what, you know what happened to me one day at the beginning of COVID? You know, we're all locked down and it was, you know, we're all feeling the pinch the first month or so we didn't know what the fuck we were doing right so yeah. um a minivan pulls up outside my house and the sliding door opens and i'm watching this on the nest cam because the guy came and rang the bell first and then he went back blocking traffic opens his minivan sliding door and then comes out with this big big ass box walks up to the door and i'm standing at the door and i was like what's going on he's like this is a drizzly um delivery i'm like what the is this i i'd never even heard of it right i was like thanks sign here okay bye he takes off i open it up it's from dickhead it's from ryan and it's six different 40s <laughs> of malt liquor <laughs> oh my god with a note you know we know you're locked down we just want you to hang out and enjoy yourself thank you ryan <laughs> greg has a picture of me somewhere at the hot chicken restaurant and Nashville. Oh yeah. Oh, like oh a 40. Hang on. which one? There's two, right? There's the holding a holding a forty, and I swear that things like it, I look like. <laughs> I was uh, say it's half the size I look of your like body. A little, <laughs> yes, I look like a little person, mind you. I was a lot thinner then too, so I look like a child holding <laughs> this like giant bottle. <laughs> it's crazy. He's like, we gotta go to this hot chicken place. I'm like, all right. Oh, you know what? You were in Hattie B's. Weren't you? Hattie B's. Yes, Hattie B's. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Love that place. They were in Hattie B's, and I suffered for it on the plane ride home the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was that good. <laughs> what, what alcohol would you guys get into? Well, if I, I think. Like you said, everything's kind of been overdone. I, I think there's there's a couple of categories that need some innovation. I think one is one is uh, you know the what I would say is like the Bailey's category. You know, I think Bailey's mm -hmm. like the Irish cream, anything cream liqueur, right? Yeah. 
but I, I think there there hasn't been enough innovation across different liquor pr- platforms with it because it's usually been done with they do with strawberries and cream they do you know but it's all based on the base liquor right which is cream and whiskey yeah or yeah. rum but there hasn't been like I I would think that somebody if if it hasn't been done already I think at tequila would that would be a great idea like a cream there tequila? is something down here that is there there is something down here it's like a but it's an old brand it's something rose yeah well, I, um, I think like you know you know maybe the rock with terramana should come up with you know a line like like i'm saying like an existing tequila brand w- could probably do very well by having you know a, a line extension that actually went into cream right because le- a slightly less alcohol more female friendly really nice packaged little high end you know with maybe some spice in there too or you could holiday it up you know with a, you know with different nutmegs and you know, five spice kind of stuff, you know, at the end of the year. And, you know, you could do kind of seasonal stuff with it as well. I, I believe, you know, make it more summery with different stuff or, you know. Yeah. I, I just think that that category is, you know, Bailey's have done a good job and they, they're a major shareholder in that, in that category. But I just don't think that the customer or the consumer is getting everything that they want out of that category. And, and in a time of, very conscious it's a little tough selling the cream cream liqueur but i'm sure there has to be a way that you can do it where it has less calories and still delivers you know so like uh like, like a non-dairy I, I was gonna say a nut cream i, just, I laugh every time i say it but like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would would you like some of my nut cream? yeah thank you oh god <laughs> oh, all 13 year old boys at heart <laughs> i know I work, know, I work for. A, I can see. A, I can see you. I can see you standing at the Costco desk right now. Would you like some of my nut cream, man? Yeah, no. <laughs> I made it myself. Let me oh shake that God. one up for you. Oh I worked at at a tea company for a little bit, and I have trained myself to say bag teas, because anytime <laughs> the, the term tea bag was said, yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. So I started saying bag teas. So now when I say bag teas, my my wife will laugh uncontrollably because she knows I'm saying that to you stop. Can't because you can't that. say the other. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we had a kickball team at Sweetly, so we were called the tea baggers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love it. Was it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, that one was well, fun. I, I just think, you know, I mean, maybe there's there's an opportunity that feels stodgy to me. Yeah. I think if I had unlimited funds and could do anything, I would do a non-alcoholic, like, cocktail, like the mocktail yeah. things, but have THC in it. Yep. I think Yeah. if I can go to, like, a bar and get something I like to drink that has the taste and everything else, but has THC versus alcohol... That'd be something that would be intriguing to me. I don't so know if the, I would be drinking it all the time. See, the problem, the problem with that is that the cannabinoids are so strong that you have that aftertaste of the THC. Yeah. And so it's like everyone that I've had, because, you know, going to other states and you can get to take the opportunity to take advantage of their laws. Everyone has just like that taste, that aftertaste. It's like a, the, the stevia version I have, you know? Yeah. See, like that, it's too right. intense. That's what I'm saying. But you know, it's I, like, I think there's a lot of people out there, G, that have been, you know, in the craft beer realm for the last five to 10 years that 
are so used to drinking fucking hop juice now. The, yeah. tea, the taste of tea that, won't bother them. Right. It won't bother those people, but how are you going to get the people that, how are you going to get the the uh, fluffy boots, the Uggs in the the Starbucks? Well, you just put, oh, star, put the Starbucks consumers. Oh, yeah. Starbucks <laughs> consumers, you just tell them that it, it, oh, you can get high from it and they'll drink it. I'm talking about the girls. Yeah, <laughs> if you're spending money on Starbucks and and somebody tells you, oh, you can have this drinking, you can get high, they'll, they'll think it's cool and they'll drink it. They they don't. Starbucks consumers don't know what a t good coffee tastes like. Come on. Oh, no, hey, they hey, don't. hey, no, Ryan, you want to pick a fight with Starbucks? Right? No, thanks. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Starbucks first. It's Declan a fact. Has no part of this Starbucks. Declan, fight. let's think about the logic here. There is nowhere that you could source that much coffee beans without over roasting them so that they taste similar. It's just an over roasted coffee bean. There's too much. It's coming in from too yeah. many places. They do too much business. Oh no, that's I, all I'm saying. It's just I, a burnt coffee. I, that's all. I, yeah, I don't disagree. Look, uh, you know, you know science, where I Declan, from. follow the science. Shut the fuck up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is like every time I go back to Ireland, like. You know, they're like even Costa coffee over there, which will be kind of the Starbucks of the UK and Ireland. Mm -hmm. Their coffee's so much fucking better. It's not over roasted. It's just yeah. fucking delicious, frankly. Like every time I go there, I'm like, God damn, I wish I lived here <laughs> because there's one in every corner and it's, you know, it's just a, a lot better in to my palate. Yeah. Now, I think we're, we're so used to it here that, and it's, it's entirely different, right? Yeah. My local coffee shop doesn't do that shit. Like they make a really delicious tasting. I'll call out Red Hook Coffee. Woot! Um, those guys yeah. do an, an incredible job of just making you know a really delicious tasting coffee drink without over roasting the product. But now it's still a little more on the roasted side for sure. But you know because I think our palates here tend to like either sweeter or more bitter. Well, so it is. It's it's either with Starbucks. It's either way over roasted and burnt. Or it's just loaded up with milk and it becomes a milkshake and sugar. So it's, yeah. there's no, if you order Frappuccino, you know what you're getting. I mean, it's well, not coffee. Speaking of which, did Dominic get his Frappuccino today? <laughs> not today, but he. <laughs> Gigi, his two-year-old son. <laughs> I'm like, tell me you're not giving your child a Frappuccino. No, he, he demands them. <laughs> oh. Yes. he Is he your uh, baby? Yes. He, he was in the middle of a podcast one day. Ryan had to leave. He said, I got to go upstairs and see what the fuck's going on. Because there's some shit going down upstairs. Like, it's there's pandemonium. So he gets upstairs. And he, he starts taking a video of Dominic, who's like, I want a Frappuccino. <laughs> He's, like, crying that he wanted a Frappuccino. <laughs> so Declan, Declan sent him a gift card to get him. I sent him a $5 gift card to go get him a Frappuccino. <laughs> and he got it, and he said, thank you. <laughs> But we get them. It doesn't so have coffee. It, it. it doesn't have coffee day. in it. We get them just. It's like yeah. a milkshake, basically. The one we get them. There's no coffee. Okay. Yeah, I'm mm. not giving the two year old caffeine. Well, <laughs> my pinky's out, baby child. Uh, frappuccino. My pinky's out, espresso baby. on the side. Uh -huh, too, yeah, yeah. He's like, and don't skip on the shots, please. <laughs> you know, my, my my youngest one used to be when she was three she's like can i get a snack and we're like sure she's like what do you want can we get sushi <laughs> <laughs> like, all right <laughs> impressive power <laughs> so, 
we I like feel the, you. We like the way like the, the, last, the last one is just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't care, just whatever. <laughs> just leave me alone for a minute. <laughs> well, that all sounds like if anyone ever wins the lottery, we know where um, well, our well, we are all running to. <laughs> you know, someone's going to start a liquor company that we always that we're all going to have a job at. Well, <laughs> I'll guarantee. I'll guarantee you this now, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna memorialize this uh, on the podcast. If I ever win the lottery, we are we are forming a liquor company, and you two are involved, and we will decide at that point in time what the hell that liquor company is, and we might be throwing the tequila frappuccino Bailey's. Um, I don't know. What? But, you know, I, we'll, I got we'll a question, a- I- and I don't know if you guys know this, or if you know somebody who might know this. But if I decided today I wanted to start, a, you know, a bourbon or a whiskey or something like that, do I have to basically put all the money up front now and then I don't make any money for 15 years if I want to do a 15-year barrel-aged whiskey? Well, most, most well, of those you put the money into the barrel, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whiskey, yes. I mean, so that's why, like, I, I went on, you know, quite a few distillery tours over my time. Um. As you could probably imagine, um, you know the the state of Kentucky has been my friend, and you yeah. know one of one of the m- most educational tours I ever went on was with with a company called Peerless, and they're you know they're right in, uh, you know they're, they're they're right in downtown, you know, and, and so I get I get there and they start talking about their path, which is we're making vodka, we're making moonshine. And that is fueling, you know, because that's immediate, right? Like you make it, you sell it, you make it, you sell it, right? Yeah. So I think that's the path for a lot of, you know, these craft distilleries is vodka first because you can make it and stop it. Uh, and you can also ramp up production very quickly as a result, right? But that's what fuels, you know, their whiskey business. Because yeah. nobody in their that right mind. I mean, like, I, I, I always, you know, I talked to my brother about it. I talked to some whiskey aficionados a couple of people i'd love to get onto the show um at some point in time you know we have a couple of irish guys that i know that are pretty deep in the irish whiskey game Uh, and you know i just i i muddle my own fucking mind when i think about how the fuck do you forecast for a 25 year old whiskey you know here we are right like Mm -hmm. we're in 2020 like so we're forecasting for 2045. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So how, how do, you do you do make? that? That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. So like, you know, you I think what 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 they genuinely are doing, we they create you know, they create it's it's I hate to say Do you buy stock of, of well, old I, I think like it's, it's, it's kind of like you have you have to create your own demand, but you also have to create the limited availability, right? So right. you only create enough where it's going to create the demand in 25 years that people want it, right? Because if you, if you make too much of it, it, it becomes invaluable, right? It's, and, and at that point in time, what do you do with that stock? Do you take that stock and blend it with something else? No, because you sat it in a barrel for 25 years. You yeah, can't but like we bought, jet, like I bought wine that, I bought wine that was still in the barrel. It wasn't even bottled yet or anything else. In the box? Oh, in the barrel. Yes. In the barrel. In the barrel. <laughs> I have bought wine in a box. Uh, technically, it was in a bag that was in the box, but yes. In a bag of uh, box. Yeah. 
Um, no, but I mean, like I bought wine that was, it was a good bottle of wine that was still in the barrel that we didn't get for, I think a year after we paid for it, we didn't get the wine. You know what I mean? So like, so there's a company in South Dakota, North Dakota, I can't remember it. Um, I mean, now they've gone mass produced, but what they did, they figured out, they had an innovation in which they aged the whiskey over seven years. So they figured out a way to, to rapid produce it. But also it was a limited stock. I have to look at the, I'll have to find it, but it's Al Capone's old whiskey recipe. Okay. So that they would only release it like three or four times a year. And then people were drawing lotteries to buy the bottle. So that's what Declan said. Like you create your, your, your demand right. by, right. oh, look, this is limited run. But also you have to create something where you can survive and take maybe the, the alcohol gases off and distill it into a gin or distill it into a vodka while you're sitting and you're waiting for this, this other premium to finish aging. So think about this. And maybe you can figure out, figure out a way for it to get done in seven years versus 15. No, no. And there are ways to do that now. Like there's advanced aging. Yeah. Yeah. I know a couple of people yeah. in that game, like where scientifically they're aging or smoking or changing flavor in a way that doesn't mm -hmm. require time, right? But it yeah. kind of takes away some and of the barrels the, too. Yeah, but it kind of takes away some of the mystique and the allure, you know. So, it you know, I'm not like I don't want to buy a somewhat 25 year old tasting whiskey. You know, what I mean, like, I'm gonna go fuck yourself. Like I'm not yeah. paying 150 bucks for that. Like, uh, you know. But I also feel like you know, if I'm a whiskey maker and I'm making the 25 year old. And we're in 2045 right now. Like, okay, we've got 2,000 barrels of this stuff, right? And that's what yeah. we've got. That's what we're cast. And we're going to make it at this price so that, you know, we can make the margin that we need because we've sat in this shit for so long. And so many people have had to touch it and turn it and mess with it and what have you and shrinkage, et cetera. We, they can predict that, right? Like, so, the, so there's a way now, you know, scientifically, you know exactly how much, you know, the angel's share is going to, you know, leave every barrel, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. here's what you're left with. Here's what you can bottle. Here's how many bottles you're going to have in 25 years. And here's what you have to charge in order to make it if you sold it out in day one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so, oh, yeah. How do you, like, that's, that's what I don't understand is like the, the supply and demand piece is great. I just don't understand that piece. And I'd love to get somebody on that does because that that's the piece that eludes me. Because if you make a Johnny Walker blue, for example, that, you know, probably blew out your one and then everybody's like, fuck, we should have done more of that. Why didn't mm -hmm. we make 10 times the amount? Does it devalue the brand? If you make 10 times the amount, just because the demand is so high or does it actually help? your brand long-term because more people get to try it. But you have to consider like, a, okay, so say you, you make, you triple your volume, but you still only release that certain amount. Mm -hmm. Inventory that's aging. So then the next time you get ready to release, okay, well, let me take these other, you know, 20 barrels, release these. I've still got some aging, but you're at the same time, you're still creating so what more. You're saying, what you're saying is there's the 25 becomes 30 if you don't sell it or the 20 right. becomes 25 if you don't sell it if you oversell the 25 you never have a 30 right or just set yourself up like in reserve 
Set up like Sarcone. Say we're only going to have a thousand rolls on Saturday. Once we sell through those thousand yeah. rolls, that's it. We're happy. We made our money. Consumers are happy. They bought theirs. I've gone there and bought literally a half a sandwich because they only had a half a roll left. I mean, if you do that with the whiskey, then there you go. We just want to sell this amount and then put it to but it. But you can sell that amount. You can still sell like, okay, I'm going to set aside this to sell. Yeah. Knowing that you're going to keep, you, but you, you make a, that 100 barrels and you decide keep, I'm going to sell 20. Keep talking. I'm going to sell 20. Even though you know, the rest of the world doesn't know that you've got 100, but you're going to sell 20, you're going to release 20. You're like, this is all we have. Yeah. Better get in line because this is all we have. Because honestly, the next 60 or 80 are, are not the same flavor. You can, re, you can say it's another, you know, proof. You can say it's another label, you know, yeah. because you're letting it age longer. Yeah, and if you're if you are sitting, if you're sitting on inventory from that standpoint, it's okay because you to be in that industry, you have to have a nice chunk of change anyway. And then to sell yeah. it, you don't actually need to sell it to somebody who's going to consume it. You just need to sell it to a distributor or a retailer who's going to put it on their shelves, yep. and then let them carry. Or it. Or you could sell it. I can't remember what he told me it was. It's a friend of him, a friend of his, bought him a barrel at one of the whiskey houses. He can go see it whenever he wants. It's just his barrel sitting there with his name on. It. He owns that barrel, so you could do that too. Like, there's, it doesn't have to be bottled. You could just buy it. You could just buy. So you could, as a brand, go and buy a bar, a couple barrels. Yeah. And then just you own them. They're sitting at a distillery, and then when you decide to bottle it up, you can either sell it to another brand or bottle it in your own packaging and go from there. So you're well, basically you that. I mean, there, I mean, there's some, there's some legal implications of taking someone's liquor and putting it in a bottle and reselling it. Well, I mean, you'd have to like, make, I'm saying it on your own. Like, but like, if I went to just, if I went to like Buffalo trace and I went and said to them, I want to buy four barrels of, of this whiskey and I want it just to sit there and then I'm going to come back in 10 years and I'm going to bottle it. Can I do that and just bottle it you in can, my own packaging? No. You can bottle it in your own packaging and give it away, but you can't sell it. That's what if fair. I had what if I had like a liquor license and all that kind of stuff? You can't rebrand a liquor. No, you can you to. go and pull can you go and pull high brews coffee and put it in your own can and sell it to somebody else? I don't know. Can you? She said put it in your own can. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I'll put it in a bag in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in a bag. You should take that bag room. and I'm going to put that bag in a box. <laughs> Bunch of 12 year olds. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. But I'm like, no, but I mean, like, can you can't, can't? No, you can't. You can't do that. You like, can't. I, can't, I can't say, oh, no, I really, can't. Like, that's a, that's a I really like Coca Cola's product. I'm going to take their product. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh, it's you're totally. No. Yeah, you can't. If you want to get sued, you can go for it. But how would they know if you took their liquid and ran it through a soda stream and recarbonated? Do you know how many shady? Okay. Okay. Let me give you an example. You have to be profitable. So, when, so when, like, if you're like selling drugs, you buy we, a two liter and then package it into like eight ounces. And there you go. You, 
We know that you want to <laughs> cut it with some baking soda or some <laughs> baby baking soda, but you can't cut it and sell it for the premium price. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the branding. You can't sell it for the, the pure price. <laughs> Degrading <laughs> into the depths of. But I feel like I don't understand it though. Actually, like why can't why can't I buy a two liter bottle of soda, pour it into my own packaging, get a carbonated, seal it up? I have the nutritional panel, right? Like why can't I do that? Because it's a proprietary recipe. It's just like. But they sold it. I bought it's it. A proprietary recipe. Yeah, but I own it now. You don't have, but you don't have the rights to the recipe. But I'm a reseller. You have the rights to, you have the rights to, well, you can go to them and say, hey, do you, can you, can I repackage this and give you a percentage of my repackaging? But you can't just like take their product and put it in a bottle and sell it and say it's yours. Right. RDP. RDP. With a little bit of Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> sell it as an after drink at parties oh it's a DJ Steve oh I didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> let me suck on that a little bit is this proprietary oh, I, I mean it's, it's in the, the the cast that I bought I thought it was mine <laughs> yeah I feel like I don't, I don't know you can't it's just I mean there's some legality to it you can't like there's some um intellectual property that you cannot well, infringe on isn't it well that's also the licensing of of the actual distillery i think that so when going back to peerless you know when i went to the on their distillery tour super people yeah um but but one of the things they had was like they they originally their family had a and i forget the number now but it was like distillery 99 right like in kentucky that they were yeah. really good yeah. right and there's been, you know, probably a couple of thousand given out in the state since, but because they went back to the original recipe that their grandfather had, they could reenact their number, right? So that so they became yeah. this distillery ninety nine, right? Like so they're one of the first hundred distilleries ever in Kentucky, and they're trading on that, right? So so that becomes part of their history. That's what you're talking about infringing on, you know, when you take what they did and you're trying to resell it as yourself. Right. Yeah, but what if I'm because, not selling yeah. it as their distillery? I'm not saying, oh, this is a 199-year-old history or legacy. I'm saying, hey, this is a new brand that happened to be aged for 15 years. I'm not telling you where it's made or anything else. So you, hold on. So you're going back to like you buy the barrel, and this mm -hmm. is now this is yeah. now become your shit, right? Yeah, it's my barrel. Yeah, but you can't you can't you know you can't rebrand it. Like, you didn't make it. <laughs> what do you think co-packing is <laughs> what, you know, by the co-packer has rights too but yeah you know, that's why you pay them for the line time and you don't give them you don't let them have your recipe develop your recipe you develop your own recipe you just pay them for the line time that's, that's why he was able to split out and go to other commands with the rest Got it. Question. I mean, you, if you own the liquor, yeah, I get, I get the question, Ryan. I, you know, I just, but it's, I, I just think that there's a certain amount of, you bought it knowing that these people made it, right? Yeah. And, and there's a certain amount of uh, inviolable rights that come with making 
the spirit for you you just bought the barrel right but they made it for you so no and, and i get where you're coming I mean, from. but they might do that like you might be able to go to a distillery and say but you, i want to buy barrels barrel, yeah, you can, didn't you buy a barrel well you can tell no, I was telling him that Greg bought one, or Greg was gifted one or something. He owns one. Some, he owns one of Maker's Mark, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, but yeah, it's yeah. a Maker's Mark. So he would have right. to get permission and from I them to re-bottle it. But, but, you know. Right. You know, I spent a grand on the thing 10 years ago. I don't know what it's worth today. It's probably worth a lot more than that, but, you know, it'll There eventually... might be dust in it. Who knows? Oh no! It'll, you'll all get a bottle, you bitches, and it'll be called Declan's goddamn whiskey when you get it. But I won't be charging you for it. The cream of Declan. Yeah, it'll be a a, 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 a nut, nut milk, a nut milk whiskey nut, by Declan. Nut whiskey. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Need a cigarette after you drink. Before, after, and during. We're all going to hell. <laughs> You know what I say? It's a, well, I don't believe in hell, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Can't get any worse than 2020. It's no worse than the basement. Uh, but on the whiskey forefront, my friend um, works and he lives in Louisville and he does a bunch of tours and things at the whiskey distilleries there. If you ever wanted to have him on, he's great. The character. Oh, please right. do. That would be fantastic. If we could I'd love to. Do that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite cities. I love Louisville. I mean, it's just such yeah. a fun town. It's uh, oh it's also gosh. cool to talk to somebody who actually does the tours and knows so much more about the process and the brands and everything. I mean, those guys have to know it for right. for their for yeah. a living. So yeah, he, <laughs> he they he don't, rip, they don't rip off people's intellectual property too. <laughs> <laughs> We were there. Um, we actually did brave a plane trip there in July because it was my my. So this is a childhood friend of mine that I grew up with that day within a week of each other. So he was like, "Hey, come up here to Louisville," and I was like, "I haven't been on a plane since February." <laughs> but we went. We had a really good time. But while we were there, he toured us around all that distillery row. Yeah. And showed us all of the the, the still the buildings that ha held all the barrels. Yeah, and like kind of gave us it's a little awesome, tour while it? we were like riding around. It was so cool. It's so they're, cool. and they're all close to that Yum Center, yeah. like you know, kind of within a mile and a half, like along the river. There's no, not downtown. No, oh, not, not downtown. downtown. This was like oh, just this was like right. the bad. This is like the bad part of town. Like this is like near the railroad tracks because the trains are coming to pick up the barrels. So like Yeah, that's yeah, that's he, actually where Peerless is, is up that, that north end of town, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. But he he's done I think he's worked at two of them, but knows like just savant about whiskey in his head. Like it's yeah. insane. And not and not a big drinker, or uh, or he held he holds it well because he's like as big as I think he's probably as tall as you. He's like six six or six seven or something stupid, just huge. It's like he could just drink all night long. Like we're still up. The first time we went up there was in October, last, not this one, but the one prior, and we stayed up till six in the morning. And he had a job interview at nine, and he went and got it. Get up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you do that? 
like even sleep. He just we came back to his apartment and we changed clothes and went to the job and he got the job. What a beast! I love him. He's a beast. I love him. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll send you his info and like. Oh, you know we want that him. guy. I'll call him. I'll call him and ask him yeah. if he wants to do it. Tell his so big I'll, ass we're coming up. <laughs> oh, he's amazing! Great, amazing musician, amazing person. Like, he's like one of my best friends. Oh, that yeah. Please send a bar away. You know, you know we'd have some fun. Yeah. We love you, G, and thank you. Love for, you too. You know, we've we've done two. two this is the longest podcast. Ever. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh, don't okay. be sorry. This was but, awesome. yeah, and we could probably go for two more. But I've got get the frappuccino with with the two shots on the side. <laughs> He's got to go rebrand that whole fucking barrel. He's got so much yeah. stuff. I know. I got to go call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to you know, call your uh, your munchkins in the basement and tell him to stop pouring out of that barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thanks, love. It, it's been a joy. Thank you. That was, was fun. Gee, thank you so much. Thank and you. Thank you. Love you guys. Love you too. I will. Tell everybody I said hi. Will do.